Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have one of the most incredible guests out of 510 interviews. One of the most incredible people I've ever had on the show. I have the one and only Cleona O'Hara. Cleona was the vice president of sales for Bob Proctor. She's the CEO of the Napoleon Hill Institute, and she is a rock star. So do me a favor and all of your friends and family a huge favor and share this out across all of your social media platforms because you will want to hear what she has to say and so will your friends. Share this out. We'll be right back. I'm so excited. Let's bring Cleona on. Cleona, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. I'm uh, so happy to be here. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. You know, I think I told you this. Maybe I didn't, but um, Mark Victor Hansen, who's a very good friend of mine, him and Bob Proctor were business partners and longtime friends. So Mark was literally, he put me in touch with somebody I was working on trying to get Bob on the show. Oh, and, man. Yeah. Okay. And you had the opportunity to work with Bob and yeah. know him. And oh, my gosh, what what an amazing human being Bob Proctor is still. Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have pictures all over my home of him and uh you know, I still talk to him every day and, and channel him in and, and say to myself, what would Bob say? What would Bob do? You know? Yes. And I, I love that. I listen to Bob every single morning of my life. Did I ever, did I tell you that? Every morning. Yeah. I am so happy and grateful now that money comes to me in increasing quantities through multiple sources on a continuous basis. Tens of thousands of times I've said that, and, and it works. People don't realize it, but it works. Anyway, we, we don't want to talk about Bob the whole show, but Cleona, um, you know, I'm honored to have you on today. You are one of my favorite people in the world. So, Oh, wow. Thank yeah, you, Ken. Really and are. I feel the same way about you. Thank you. I know we haven't, like, met too long ago, but... Yeah. Um, ever since I met you, I'm like, I just like this guy. I love your energy. I love your yes. heart. And I love your truth. You're always telling the truth. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, 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 I pride myself on that. So thank you. Um, so Cleona, this show is now over five years old. And I started this probably for selfish reasons. I was kind of stuck in life at the time and had a huge shift occur in my life. And I'm like, you know, I think the best way to get unstuck is if I just listen to other people tell their stories of how they went through it and got unstuck. And so here we are. 
Um, so I, I always like to start with where you were born and raised. So why don't you share that with everyone? Yeah, so I actually was born in Northern Ireland in a little city called Derry in the north of Ireland. Um, maybe 100,000 people population and uh, growing up in Northern Ireland, you know, went to Catholic school and it was an all girls school. And at that time in it was 1980, I was born. Don't count my age. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you're, you're, you're still a child. Oh my gosh. I'm 24. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just told everyone my age. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you're still very youthful. <laughs> Thank and you. And you look 24. So there you go. <laughs> so anyways, the secret's out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but it it was, you know, Northern Ireland, for those that have never been there, it, there was a lot of trouble back then. There was war. There was yeah. a leftover of the war. So, you know, it was a lot of, there was a lot of depression. There was a lot of, you know, negative energy, uh, poverty. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a bed of roses growing up in Northern Ireland and the mindset to of fear um, because of the war. Yeah, that's, that's how I grew up. So yeah. what was it like in, so, and the reason, uh, let me preface this. I always ask the next question because I, I feel like there's always a person, a, a, an event, or maybe a series of events um, that push us in the direction that we go as adults. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, like what, what was it in your childhood that that was there a person or events that that kind of pushed you in the direction that you've gone in your adult life well for me it was a series of events okay i'm one of those people where like they're like wow you're still alive <laughs> <laughs> right you're still rocking around <laughs> right right so i can't pinpoint one event because i I mean, I was doing a, a, a call today with our clients and I was saying we were actually studying, you know, how to get through adversity. And and I was thinking about my life and it was a series of events. You know, I have the textbook trauma, abuse. Um, my mom and dad left when I was a child. Um, you know, my grandmother raised me. Wow. Grandfather you know, God bless him. He was an alcoholic. Um, I check off, you know, all those boxes of, you know, sh I should be a disaster, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was a disaster for a long time. Um, so it was all of these things in my childhood was very dysfunctional, very heartbreaking. If you, if you look back, um, it just, but I was always a dreamer, Ken, even though I, I had no mother or father looking after me, my grandmother did the best she could. She was amazing. She was my rock. She was, she was a hardworking woman. She worked six days a week. She cleaned toilets for a living, uh, public toilets. Um, and she made very little money, but she would take the money and, and divide her money with me and my sisters and, you know, pay the bills. I think she made like a hundred dollars a week or $140 a week. 
Oh my gosh. And, you know, so that's, those were the humble beginnings I grew up with. Getting a new pair of shoes was a big deal. You know, um, all of that, the poverty really created this dream inside of me, this burning desire that Napoleon teaches. Yeah. I, I had this desire that I am going to, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to live in America. And I would just, and I'm going to follow my mom. I'm going to find my mom. I'm going to meet her and we're going to come back together. And wow. Yeah. So that, that was the dream that I had how, in my heart. How old, how old were you when you really, I, I, can you think back and go, yeah, I was eight when I started having that dream or that, that vision, that burning desire. Do you know about how old you were? I think I was around seven. Seven. Yeah. Wow. I remember wow. I had a little closet in my room, a tiny little skinny closet. And I, I would go into my closet. There was a shelf at the top and I would shimmy myself up to the top shelf and I would sit on that shelf and I would draw pictures on the wall and I would draw, I didn't realize what I was doing. I was doing a vision board. Wow. And I would sing songs to myself draw my vision board of me in America, my new life <laughs> with my wow. crayons or whatever I had. Um, that's what I was doing around seven. Yeah. That's so powerful. I hope people are getting what you just said. Uh, why, why America? Why, why? I mean, Ireland seems like I've never been there, but it seems like a lovely place. Yes. Ireland is beautiful, one of the most beautiful countries in the world. In my yeah. opinion. Some of the most amazing people in the world. Actually, not I'm not biased, but they're the friendliest people in the world. Go to Ireland. <laughs> um, though, but they really are. Irish people will open their doors to you, even if you're a stranger in need. They will say, come have dinner. Do you need a place to stay? I'm telling the truth. Wow. Ireland, the people are the best in the world. But I... I, the part of Ireland I grew up in was, you would call it not, not a ghetto, but it was, it was a very poor, impoverished area. Yeah. Um, everybody was on public housing, public everything, right? Yeah. And I chose America because my mom moved to America. Oh. When I was around two. So that was part of my vision. My dream was to come to America to be with her. And all, and also watching all the American movies and seeing how you all lived, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> Home alone. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Home alone. Home alone. Of all the movies you could have picked, that's the one. <laughs> In the plaza, ordering everything. <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. So, so. Um, so growing up, your grand your grandmother raised you. What about your father? Where where was he? He left too. He God bless him. I I don't know where he is. He's out in the world somewhere. Oh my god. Um, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. I've seen him up until the age of like twelve on and off, and he was just a free spirit hippie kind of man that loved music, but he you know he just went his own way. Yeah. They had hippies in Ireland too. They have hippies everywhere. 
<laughs> so, so, um, Ken, I think, Ken, I'm half a hippie. Come on. <laughs> I knew there was something about you I loved. So, so uh, hey, I had a mullet back when you were born, so we won't even talk about that. But, um, so, so, okay, so when, so you you went i don't know how how's the what's school like there is it is it the same as here like they have high school and then college and how does that work they call it primary school and then secondary school they don't have the three like in america three levels it's two two schools um very actually the education is excellent over there the public education is excellent I'm so grateful for my education. It was an all girls school. We wore a uniform. I had a a blazer and a shirt and tie, green and white. Like I was, and I thank that because it it created discipline in me. And I've always prided myself in the way I dress now. I think it's because of the school. St. Cecilia's it was called, yeah. I feel like I need to button up and get my jacket real quick or something. (laughs) Um, So, so, you did you go to college no i didn't okay i didn't i i barely passed high school i was i was a dreamer um and i i didn't have anyone watching over me to do my homework i didn't have anyone telling helping me with my homework so i just i didn't apply myself in school i think i i personally think that um you know, the, the people squash the dreams of children and, um, and we're, we're kind of programmed not to, I remember when I was a kid, I was a dreamer and I was always told, get your head out of the clouds. That's a pipeline dream. And, you know, all of that insane stuff that we hear as kids. Did you ever hear that? A hundred percent, probably every day. Stop. There she is again, the dreamer. Stop dreaming. Get ready. And and uh, in school, I was told um, you'll never really amount to much, Cleona. You're not going to do very well. Mm. Um, you know, I've heard things in school, and 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 it's not not all of my teachers. Some of them were my biggest supporters. But yeah, we we were programmed. A lot of us, especially yeah. as children. Um, that you must have a good education. If you don't have all those degrees after your name, you're not going to amount to much, but that's not true. I beat that mold and many people I know beat that mold. Amen. Uh, (laughs) I had an English teacher. I I never did understand why they teach English in in English. But anyway, um, (laughs) an English teacher tell me um, that I would never amount to anything. Yeah. Um, I dropped out of high school in 12th grade and um, because I was over that. And 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 then I've written eight books and she's written zero. So who's not going to amount to anything? Mrs. Whatever your name is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Right. So so so, Cleona, you you didn't go. So what? Okay. so you got out of high school barely. And what did you do? You're still in Ireland at that point right mm-hmm. okay what what did you do from there where did you go what did you start waiting tables yeah yeah I did, did you really? I I worked um, in a restaurant in the summer I worked in a bar 
I pretended I was older. Um, you were supposed to be 18. So I put on my makeup, my lipstick and my handbag. And I actually, I was working since the age of 12. Hey, Dolly. Wow. Um, I was working since the age of 12 because I wanted a better life. And I lied about my age. Sorry, whoever I worked for. Um, <laughs> but I was driven, Ken. I wanted a better life. So I would work on the weekend, save some money. Um, I would buy clothes. I worked in a bar. I worked in a hotel in a bar. Yeah, I was always working to make money and earn and and get myself things that my grandmother couldn't afford, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So at some point you made your way to, because, and, and just so everybody knows, my background is not real and hers is real. <laughs> <laughs> it's of the same city, however. Um, but, but, you know, at some point you made it to America. Um, so between the hotel bartending jobs and, and where you are today, what happened there? How did you end up in America? So I had my first heartbreak, <laughs> Irish guy. You will never forget. <laughs> you jerk. Yeah, you're lost. Jerk. You're, you're lost, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. So, so my my Irish love <laughs> broke up with me. And and it was um it really yeah, it's it's embarrassing to say that, but um he broke up with me and then the fire was lit. I was heartbroken. I was um I was heartbroken and then I made a decision. I followed the principles like Napoleon Hill said. I was I was full of desire. I was in pain. I made a decision. That's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. And I made a decision to go to America and, and meet with my mom. And that's what I did. I went. Did, did your mom know you were coming to meet with her? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you had been in touch. You had been in contact. Yes. We okay. were in contact. She bought my ticket. She said, you can come stay with me. She had already started her own little business. At the time, it was a small business. So I, I went in and I started working with her and, um, and then quickly realized, oh, no, we don't get along working together. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's how I ended up making the big decision and just breaking through. Okay, so... You came to America. Thank you, mom, for buying her ticket. Um, so you came. <laughs> Look, everybody's like major loss. Like that dude is a loser. He probably became a serial killer or something anyway. So <laughs> you know what? He follows me and I bet he's going to see this. Haha. <laughs> Sorry. If you are a serial killer, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so, um, so, so you, <laughs> poor guy is being destroyed. He's like, I'm already, I, yeah. Anyway, so, um, so you, you come to America and how, about what age was that? It sounds like you were, Eight, I was 18 or 19, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Wow. 
So you, you, um, you, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the comments. Um, <laughs> so funny. You can see the comments, by the way. Do you They're see like, them? Yeah. It says loser guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can see all the comments that are being made in StreamYard. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> if you click over there, pup, it says, I think it says. Oh, public. now I see it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's distracting. Um, so, so. So you, you come to America, you, what was your mom? Where were you working with your mom? What was that? So my mom started a little company in Brooklyn, New York. She was working with doctors. She had an okay. administrative company. It was a small business. At the Got time. it. So I started working there, opening her mail and I was wow. the mailman. And, <laughs> wow. But that was the only job I could have legally because I didn't have my green card. Green card, yeah. So that was a whole other 10-year ordeal of trying to get legal in the country. I couldn't leave the country because if you leave, you abandon your application for, you know, your green card. That's a whole other chapter in my book of how I got my green card. So, Jeez. Yeah. I, I want to go back, though, to when um, that guy... Um, <laughs> broke your heart. You shall and, not be named. <laughs> shall not be named. Um, but broke your heart. And you said, you said, um, and that lit a fire and there was a sudden burning desire and I was living the principles. You said I was living the principles of Napoleon Hill back then, but did you even know who Napoleon Hill was? Back no, then? no, I didn't think so. But now I piece the puzzle together and realize what I was doing. So I was what you would yeah. call unconscious competent. Yep. Now I'm a conscious competent because I know the principles, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened after you, you were working with your mom? What, um, I mean, if that's the only legal job you can have um, with no green card, did you get an illegal job? <laughs> no, no, yes and no. <laughs> Stop putting me on trouble here. I already got my citizenship. You can't You're okay. You're good. You're good. I know people. So, um, no. Um, what what happened from there? If you decided I can't work with my mom, so I will give you the truth. Okay, and I'm not going to give you the big long sad story because I don't believe in you know, rehashing the long, sad stories. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, me and my mom, we reunite after all these years. She was a strong, fiery Irish woman, businesswoman. She was a, she was a shark on dry land. She'll wow. even call herself a shark on dry land. And she was, she was killing it in the healthcare industry dealing with all male, you know, executives in New York City, but she was she was a real firecracker and still is. So she was building her business and she was making deals and I I would go follow her, go to these meetings with these CEOs in New York City. I'm 19 years old. I'm wearing my little pink suit and I don't know what the hell they're talking about. And I'm just eating the cake while they're all talking. Oh, my God. 
And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? What are they talking about? Um, but it took about a year and a half and I was getting fed up of that lifestyle. Mm. I was living the life of a, an executive woman in her forties. I was living my mom's life with her. I had no friends and I had, I didn't know anybody in New York. And I said, I said to my mother, I said, I want to go to college. I want to go make friends. And she said, your college is here in this business. Wow. She said, I'm, I'm preparing you to take this over one day. She was tough, right? Wow. But I, I did not want that life. I was gaining weight. I was sad. I wanted friends. I wanted to be a 20 year old, right? Yeah. And I'll tell the truth. The first guy that I met, I ran away with him. Yeah. And, and, uh, I ran away with the not so good man. I ran away with the, a very abusive man. And that was a part of my journey for five to seven years on and off in a very abusive relationship um, wow. where I almost lost my life um, to that person. So it's a wow. sad story. But um, but then after that relationship ended and I ran away, that's when my whole huge transformation happened that was for me my awakening i say and so that would have put you around 24 25 ish i was 26 26 okay so um you had a huge transformation i'm so because look you were the vp of sales for bob proctor like Mm -hmm. That's just unbelievable, quite frankly. And and not that I don't think you're capable of that. It's just like, how does an, a, a, a girl who came from Ireland come over here and in a, in a relatively short period of time, you become the VP of sales for Bob Proctor, one of the best known motivational spiritual teachers in the world. Um, so how okay so you get out and and I, we don't have to go down the road I, I remember in the movie um the secret jack canfield yeah. talks about you know a lot of people stay stuck in their story i mean i saw my mom abused and go through all this stuff and i went through it and abuse and all and you yeah. know we've all been we all have our stories right and he says i'll never forget this moment when he said that he said that's called so what I'm like, but wait a minute. No, you got to feel sorry for yourself, don't you? But, you know, and I'm kidding, but you got through it, man. I mean, you just said, you know, screw all that crap. I'm going to have a different life and a different attitude and all of that. How did that happen, Cleona? Where did the shift occur for you? I was 26 years old. I was in my apartment in Brooklyn. I couldn't afford the rent. I was getting evicted. I had run out of money. Oh my I had no money for food. I was literally taking food from from waiting areas, you know, cookies and things that they would have out for guests. Wow. I was hungry. I was broken. I had just been abused. I was lost. In the, I'll never forget. I got on my knees and I started praying, Ken. And I said, God, tell me what to do. There has to be more to life than this. And I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give up on my American dream. Me and my mom weren't talking for years at that point. Um, And I didn't want to give up because I knew if I gave up, 
I wouldn't get back into America if I left. I could have went back to Ireland and my family, I'm sure, would have picked me up. Sure. But I, I didn't want to give up Ken. And one night, this is the God's honest truth, I found the movie, The Secret. I went out with friends. I got invited to a dinner. I had no money, so I knew if I dressed up nice, no one will know. <laughs> and I found the movie, The Secret. And I watched it over and over. That's when I met Bob Proctor in the movie. And yeah. I became obsessed. I played it over and over. And I started practicing. I started playing with it. I started getting obsessed with personal growth, personal development. Personal development saved my life. It saved my life. Wow. And, and now I work, you know, in the field. And I, I wasn't just VP of sales for Bob. I was a senior inner circle coach first. Wow. So, so that was part of, you know, this material changed my life, saved my life. And I'm forever, I'm going to give the rest of my life to sharing it with as many people as possible. I, I have full body chills right now, literally. That's such an amazing story. I have a question just totally out of left field because I'm always curious about this because I experienced the father leaving my father left and all of that. Did you ever, did you ever ask why? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I heard? What? Because you're strong enough and you're going to serve. Wow. Wow. That's so powerful. So it's the truth. You, you, I believe that, you know, the pain that we went through and the suffering that we had and the injustice was to yeah. prepare us for what we're doing today. Wow. How, okay. So if I, let's pretend for a moment that, that Bob was still here with is let's pretend that he's alive still. And, and I wanted to be, what do you call What's the title? The head? Inner... I was the senior inner circle coach and vice president of sales. How do you become the senior inner circle coach for Bob Proctor? You're like, hey, Bob, I saw you in this movie and I want to be your. No, Bob, Bob would get a million requests like that. Yeah. The only way Bob would look at you is by your results. And I started as a consultant. I bought a coaching business in his organization. It was the consultancy. And when they saw my results, that caught his attention. Mm. And yes, I'm a master manifester. I, I apply the principles. So I made a decision. I'm going to work for this man. I also made a decision and had a goal. I was going to own part of his company. And, wow. and that, you know, when he passed away, I'm like, well, now my dream is gone. How is this going to work? But yeah, but. Bob only cared about results. He didn't care what you said, what you look like. He would always ask people, tell me your results in your life. What's the most you've ever earned? Tell me about your life right now. And he knew, and we know, yeah. the results are the reflection of how the person's programmed and yeah. thinking. Yeah. So when he saw my results, then I, he was listening to me. And I said, I said, I'll do whatever it takes, Bob, to work with you and learn from you. I said, I'll even move my family to Canada and hold your coffee cup. 
I'll do whatever it takes. He goes, you don't have to do that. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah. So you, you, um, I, I'm, I, I want to, so the, the, you're, you, you find the movie, the secret, you watch the secret, you're, you're, you're still broke like that day. Like you still, yeah. did, that day you didn't have any money or food or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like how, like, in the moment, because there there are people watching right now, or will watch this, or will hear this. Um, everybody watching, please share this out. Please share this out right now. Please share it. Um, but but the the people that are watching that are like, okay, well, it's because you're beautiful, and you know, people probably just believed in you because of, or whatever it is, right? How did you go from no food to the next day to the next day? What did you do? What did you start selling or what were, what was the next step for you after watching the secret? I prayed and I listened. Wow. And I could hear my intuition, God talking to me, whatever you guys believe in. Yeah. Um, and I just heard, go serve, go serve. I said, but I have nothing to serve. I have no money. I have nothing. Go serve. So I'm like, okay, how can I serve? So I started Googling volunteer jobs. So I took a volunteer position in Brooklyn at the bottom of a church. It was a homeless place. They would feed the homeless and addicts. So I went there and I just went to serve. I dressed up went there i would started eating there because they had food i volunteered i went in their office helped them with computers i served and i did that for a couple of weeks while watching the secret over and over and over and any, anything i could get my hands on and i would go up to the little church and i would just pray and say god tell me what to do or i would cry i would pray and this is the truth ken three weeks later is when i manifested three checks from the irs because I was linked to my mom's business and wow. I had, she had been paying taxes because she put me on her business, small percentage. And I manifested $27,000 or $29,000 um, in IRS returns in one day. And those were years and years of tax returns all came up once after wow. watching The Secret. And then I took that money, Ken, and I started a little business. I started a, a little customer service business yeah. from the ground up. I bought a chair. I bought a, a phone. Yeah. You know, I went on Craigslist. I threw a chair and I, I did it myself. And it just kept going and going and going. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so are the you're a superhuman. I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, however... I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something and I'm going to ask you to be 1000% honest. I'm always honest. I know you are. Yeah. Um, moments of doubt. We all have them. Mm -hmm. I, anybody that says they don't, they don't have doubts will lie to you about other things. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. So in those moments where doubt starts to creep in or fear, which is all fear based, right? Yes. What do you do to change your mind? I turn to my faith. Wow. When you, when you face death, like I have, 
and you almost lose, take your last breath, you're not afraid anymore of the menial, small things like food or money, whatever it is. So when you hit rock bottom, Ken, the only way up, the only way is up. So I'm not afraid. I have so much faith because of the evidence in my life of how God has blessed me abundantly, overflowing. I have too much evidence. And yes, there's some days I doubt, but I'll go straight back to my faith. Look at all the evidence. I look back at my life and look where I've come from. That alone is evidence, you know, how powerful God is. And I'm just full of faith, Ken. Wow. Yeah. That's so powerful. So, so you, you start a customer service business, which I don't even know what that is. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what it was either. I was just making it up as I went along. <laughs> oh my that doesn't surprise me. But, but so, so you obviously started doing well in your customer service business. Um, <laughs> What kind of customers, like what, 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 what is that? Like, I don't even know what that is. Actually, a man reached out to me on LinkedIn. He saw my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. He he was a director of operations for a New York uh, healthcare administration company. Cause that was my experience. Yeah. 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 So I manifested, attracted this business opportunity. He calls me up and says, do you have a staff? of customer service call center agents. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, me, me. <laughs> oh my God. So he goes, I need, and he's probably watching this now. It's okay. I did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably. <laughs> <laughs> but he helped you get started. He should be honored and proud of that. Yes. Thank you, David. You had no clue what I was going through, but. Aww. So I had like all these phones, I bought these phones, I plugged them all in and I had to run to each phone. Oh <laughs> I'm not God. kidding. This is what I had to do. Are you serious? I did. I did it. Oh and, and I would work from morning to night and I would answer every phone. And then as the money was coming in, and then I hired my first employee, more computers, phones. And before you know it, I had like 45 call center operators and um and we were doing good you know <laughs> that is absolutely amazing that I, you're literally the female version of Ramy. like you're, oh thank you that's I a mean, compliment <laughs> i know i mean he, he's the same i'm that way i'm like yeah just say yes and figure it out yes like, you have to so so okay so at some point how long did you have that business or do you still have that business? No, I sold it in 2014 or 15. Okay. And whatever shares I had in my family business with my mom, I sold everything 2000 and I think it was 2015. I sold everything. Okay. And that's, I decided to um, pursue my calling, my purpose, which was coaching and personal development. Right through on your own or with Bob? No, first with Bob. Okay. Yeah. okay. I reached out to the organization at the time. 
I got my own coaching business and that's, I knew that was my calling because even though I had this staff and I had this business, I I really didn't care about the profits. I didn't care about the money we were making. I just loved helping the staff and watching them grow. One of my first employees, Ken, was a woman who lived in a car with her children. Oh my gosh. And she's, she's passed on, you know, God bless her and her family, Katie and, and her beautiful family. She had no skills. She lived in a car and I helped her and I helped her transform. And wow. for me, she actually ended up becoming a vice president of a national healthcare company before she passed. Wow. So I knew I was more interested in the growth of my staff than I was of the profits of the customer service business. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and that, I think, you know, I mean, cause you, I'm, I don't know how many conversations you actually had one-on-one with Bob um, when he, yeah. when he was here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about this, like people, I think that the human ego, since it's been around, it's attached to our spirit and it's been around forever. I think the human ego doesn't realize that this meat suit yes. has an expiration date. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Yes. And, yes. and and so we we live like, you know, I, I don't I don't know. So um how did you I, I'm I'm still baffled by the little girl sitting up on the top shelf of her closet drawing pictures, mm-hmm. you're realizing that you were creating a vision board. But I mean, is that where this all like the secret is the movie, the secret, is that where it all kind of started for yes. you becoming a wow. Yeah. So incredible. I think me too, quite honestly, I think Probably. that's when a huge shift occurred for me. So, 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 Talk about the how you became VP of sales and, and all of that with Bob. So um, I invested in my own coaching business. It was called a consultant. And I started growing that business rapidly. I took off like a rocket. Um, most people would take them like a year or two to get their business going. I did it within like three months. and. Wow. Um, they, they would call me like, what's his name? Roger Bannister or something. Yeah. Um, so they used, they had a nickname for me cause I just took off at the first live training with Bob in Canada. It was my very first training. I was brand new. It was like a deer in headlights, Bob. And one of the other coaches, successful coaches just said, go, go do it. And that's what I did. I made a decision, took off like a rocket. And Bob saw my results. He was so impressed. Then I went to one of his other events called The Matrix at the time. And I saw him in person. And I said, Bob, I want to come work with you. I want to learn from you. I want to be mentored with you. I love my coaching business. It's growing. It's amazing. But I want to be, I want to have proximity to you. I'll work for free. I even offered to pay him to work for him. I said, because I knew I knew what you just said. There's an expiration date to Bob. How much can I get from him? How much can I learn from him and be in the proximity? And and I made that decision. He brought me on board. He brought me into the sales team. The first year I was awful. I was 
really. <laughs> the first, really? The first year in the sales team, I was not great. Yeah. And, oh, no. and um, my, the person that was leading me at the time, Arash, amazing mentor, amazing coach. He helped me. And then I broke through. I went to the top of the sales team. Once I, I locked in, made a decision. And then my numbers just went through the roof. My co my clients, my coaching clients were all happy. And then that's when they decided to promote me to the vice president. Yeah. My gosh. Wow. Yeah. There's a theme here, by the way. I don't know if you've, you've, you've noticed this or have noted this, but um, it, you keep talking about, I made a decision. Yes. I made a decision. And I think that's so important to point out yeah. for everybody watching. People study manifestation and all of this material. Yeah. And they ask me, how do you manifest? How do you create all this stuff? And I, I'm known for creating quickly. Yeah. The way I manifest, can and create is decision. My decisions mean, and which comes from the Latin word to cut off, right? When I make a decision, I go all in, I cut off all excuses, all alibis, and I just pour all my energy, my focus, my thoughts, my intentions onto what I want. I'm like a dog with a bone. You can't get it out of my mouth. <laughs> and and that's how I do it. And that's right. we all should do it. You just make a freaking decision and you go. You know, and desire. I'm full of desire. When I want something, I'm on fire for it right yeah yeah i can relate to all of that i think here's the thing i i, I think and you i want to hear your opinion on this this is why i keep saying i think i want to hear your feedback mm -hmm. um you know i i feel like most people if not all people um have experienced that that they you know maybe it was as a baby was the last time they experienced it but we all experience that, oh my God, I've got to have it desire. And, and we learn how to get it. And then somewhere along the way, the, the programming of other people kicks in maybe. Is that it? Well, that's one of the ways. One is um, other people's opinions. The other way is fear. You know, there's the six ghosts of fear. Um there's and then that people lack discipline in their thoughts they don't have willpower so they give up you but through study and understanding and repetition of study and auto suggestion as me and you do every day can yeah. your willpower grows your focus grows your discipline grows and you're not a quitter anymore you know you're not a quitter because you've done the work you've reprogrammed your subconscious to become a winner using your will, your focus, and your discipline. You might get full of desire, but if you don't have the other attributes, you'll you'll give up, you'll quit because of fear, other people's opinions, yep. um, you know, what's going on around you. Amazing. <clears throat> Greg. Greg's on a lot of the calls, I believe, on uh, Saturdays. So, so uh, talk about okay. So you were VP of Sales for Bob Proctor. Um, obviously, you did very, very well there. Mm -hmm. um, you then Bob passed away. God rest his soul. He's, I believe, he lives forever in all of us. 
um, he's his. I mean, I, I know he's alive in my life. I, 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 every yeah. single day of my life I'm with Bob. So, yes. um, but talk about what happened next because you're now the CEO of the Napoleon Hill Institute, not to be confused with the foundation. They're two separate entities and we'll talk about that. But, um, why, how, how, why, how did that happen? So, and you asked me about Bob, Bob is with us. I know he's with us. I yeah. talk to Bob every day. I have his pictures everywhere. I talk to him and I want to share this with you because it was one of the last text messages that I got from Bob and I'm going to share it with you and the public. Okay. Oh my gosh. And he sent me this picture from Bruce Lee, this quote says, don't speak negatively about yourself, even as a joke. Your body does not know the difference. Words are energy and cast spells. That's why it's called spelling. Change the way you speak about yourself. You can change your life and what you're not changing, you're also choosing. And that, that, that was Bob. Wow. He was always sending me like wow. quotes and, and little messages pushing me along and encouraging me. Um, but this is the truth. Words create. Words are spells. And and so when Bob passed away, I was so loyal to Bob. I was dedicated to him. And when he passed away, I was still dedicated to him and the company. And it was about, I think it was four months after he passed, I knew I knew there was more for me and I had to go. So I made a decision that I was going to leave the organization. Didn't know what I was going to do. And then one day the idea fell into my mind. I heard again, go call the Napoleon Hill organization. And I did not know anything about the foundation. I didn't know, I didn't know Don Green. I didn't know anybody. I just heard Napoleon Hill. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to follow in Bob's footsteps. I'm going to do exactly what he did. I'm going to study now Napoleon. He studied Napoleon Hill for 60 years, Ken. I know. He carried that book. And I said, I'm going to make Bob proud. I'm going to do what he did now. And I called the foundation. I met Don Green, flew to California at Ramey's house. Right away, there was an instant connection, and I knew this is my next step. And I kept, you know, repeat the formula, repeat the formula. I don't remember, you know, this sounds, this is going to sound terrible. <laughs> I was at Ramey's house on, on the second, the second day I was there on, I think Saturday or was it, I don't, I was there the second day, first yeah. day I couldn't make it. Um, were you there the second day? Yes, and I don't remember seeing you either. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And yeah. I, but I vaguely recall, but I, I, it's just crazy. There were a lot of people there. Yeah. And and um, but my gosh, you are such, you're so powerful. And now you you're you're you have the Napoleon oh, yeah. Hill Institute. Yes. Yep. So talk about that. How, how did that come about with, I know the story, um, but I don't think everybody watching knows the story of how that, that came about. So 
I, I had spoke to Don Green, who's the chairman and executive director of the foundation. Yeah. The foundation is the charity that Napoleon Hill and W. Clement Stone had left. Yeah. It's a, it's a charitable organization. They have all the archives down there in Virginia in a, in their private offices. Yeah. And they, they, the money they get through the books. And by the way, can I just say this on air? I think it's very important that everybody yeah. knows the real book of think and grow rich is this one. Okay. This is the original text. It's this color. It's this book. Okay. okay. It's yeah. the original 1937 okay. by the Napoleon Hill Foundation. If you don't buy this book, you're you're giving money to someone who's not part of the foundation. They uh, copied the book, and I'm sorry to all the people that they deserve the the for people to buy the right book. Okay. I agree. Get some hate mail later, but that's okay. <laughs> Let them hate. <laughs> You're talking about people that have copied it and, yeah. and they're, oh my gosh, wow. And they're not giving any royalties to the charity, the foundation, Napoleon's foundation. How, how's that legal? How are they able to get away with that? I'll, it's because the text is so old, people can take it and do oh. what they want. But you're breaking the law, you're breaking universal law, you're breaking God's laws. Anyway, yep. so... Um, I, I met with Don Green in California. We instantly had a connection and I got to learn about the foundation. I said, tell me what you're doing. They're obviously the books. They have other programs and things they're doing. I said, you don't have a coaching division? He said, oh, no, many people came and proposed and got started, but nothing really, you know, went through. I said, well, I propose that I build the world's greatest coaching division and through my experience. And I did, we got the deal. And now we're the only authorized certified division of the foundation for Napoleon Hill's coaching. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. Who's who, how many coaches, just you or do you have more? No, we have over a hundred already and oh we just opened God. the doors. Yes. Oh my we, gosh. You know me. I, I, I'm a rocket ship. I don't wait around. Like you said, we're, we're this bag of skin and we don't know our expiration date. We might as well do it big, give it class and do it right. You know? Wow. So, well, let, let me ask you this. I, and I do ask this on every interview. I cannot... <laughs> I can't not take the fact that we've been on here 55 minutes already. That sucks. <laughs> that means we're getting ready to come to an end. Um, but it isn't really the end. It might just be the beginning. Um, so the number one answer to this question is fear. And I have a, I have a suspicion that you'll do better than fear. Um, the question is what, I, okay. Money and happiness, in my opinion, are rela they're related. I've been I've been wealthy and I've been broken, homeless, and wealthy is way better. So, um, what stops people in life from having it all? Financial, the the wealth, the the real joy and happiness and freedom, and what is it that holds people back? And I'm giving you full screen. I know you're going to knock this one out of the park. Okay. 
the one thing, the most important reason why people do not have what they want in their life is because of belief. It's not because of fear. Fear comes from belief. Fear comes from an evaluation of something. It's your beliefs that will create your reality. And your beliefs come from your programming, your childhood, your experiences. When you change your belief, everything changes. So this life is a game of belief. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Okay, so if somebody has a... I mean, again, you said it earlier, our life is literally a manifest or a, a reflection of what we believe is possible. I truly mm-hmm. believe that, right? How how do you guide somebody to to change? Because I think I think it can be changed. I think your beliefs can definitely be changed, right? What's that mean? <laughs> right, right. Yes, right. So how do you tell how do you guide people to, to have that shift? I, I and what I love about you is Cleona, you don't you don't have to sell your coaching ever. No. People just show up because of who you are. You're not selling anything. How do you guide people to, to have that shift? So number one, you have to make a decision. It's a first step to change is make a decision. Enough is enough. Number two, you need to take a good, honest, hard look at yourself in the results in your life in every area, relationships, money, spiritually, physically, and just look at it from neutrally. Don't judge yourself. Don't put yourself down. Look at your results. Are they where you want to be? So if they're not financially, that means you have beliefs around money that needs to change immediately. If it's your body, if it's your relationships, I had to do a lot of work on my beliefs around relationships. I kept picking winners. (laughs) I'm sorry. They're all winners. I forgave them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I had to change my beliefs and I, and I do it and I'm never done. This is not Cleona knows it all. I'm never done. I do it every day, just like you do, Ken, through repetition of study, through auto-suggestion, and I have mentorship, of course. I have a mentor. I have coaching. I study every day, and I reprogram my subconscious on a daily basis. I watch what I say. I watch how I speak. So so repetition of study, auto-suggestion, get coaching, and I'm not trying to sell my coaching at all. I'm not. Go to go to Ken. He's a great coach, and he ha- he knows all this stuff. Um, go to Cleona. She's better. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Anyway, but this is how we do it. Yes. And and Napoleon said, "What the man the mind can conceive and believe, the mi- man can achieve, or the woman can achieve." Yeah. The mind. So. The most important word is belief, in my opinion. How how uh, how can everybody follow you? Where where and where? What's your website? Where? Give me your, give me the website address so I can put that up on screen. It's NapoleonHillInstitute.com. 
And then I'm on Instagram, Cleona O'Hara, or if, and also follow Napoleon Hill Institute on Instagram, and you'll find us there. Yeah. And she follows me on Instagram, so there's that. Yeah. yeah. Which is absolutely amazing. Well, I um, want to work with you, Ken. I'm manifesting that right now. You want to what? I want to work with you. We're going to do something together. We're going to. I'm it's done, already done. I feel it. I felt it 30 minutes ago. I yeah. probably felt that a while ago, quite frankly. So, um, yeah. Cleona, you are, like I said early on, you are one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Thank you. you your story is, um, it's inspiring. Every single person watching this or listening to this make sure that you follow Cleona everywhere. Go to, Napo is it just napoleonhillinstitute.com? Like I have it, right? That's right. <clears throat> napoleonhillinstitute.com and follow her and the Napoleon Hill Institute on Instagram. And God bless you, Cleona, and Thanks. everybody watching. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, everyone. I love you, Ken. I love you too. Stay with me if you would. I'm going to end the live stream, but do, Hey, listen to everybody watching. I'm just going to tell you that the best way to receive blessings is to be a blessing. And, and if you'll take right now, two seconds, I know you may have already shared this out, but take two seconds and share this out again on every social media platform in the world. Let's get this message out to millions. Thank you so much. God bless you. Stay with me, Cleona.